And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, he was circumcised. He was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Well, I have some really, really good news to tell all of you tonight. This Sunday, if the Steelers win and the New York Jets lose, the Steelers will be in the playoffs. Isn't that great news? All right. Well, it's good news in the Shirk House because uh, we love black and yellow. That's what it's about. Now, that might not be good news to you because you might like the Eagles or the Patriots or the Ravens or the Browns, but, um, and you might not even like football at all. And so you're really not excited about the, the Steelers' um, possibility of making the playoffs. It's only good news for you and cause for celebration if you like the Steelers. Our desire tonight as a church is to give you some good news. News that we hope awakens great joy in your heart. And you might have come tonight with the burden on yourself of bad news. The bad news of your life. Um, Things that have gone wrong this year. Things that are weighing you down. and, And you're actually in the mood for some really good news tonight of great joy. And we want you to have great joy. And the only thing that can give it to you is God's Son. So we hope that tonight is the night that God graciously unpacks the greatest gift of His Son in your heart and that you find in Him joy so that your heart can rejoice in the joy of Christ, which, which is the joy that your heart so desperately craves. What news did God give and send those many years ago? Imagine that you were there with the shepherds in the first century. You were a Jewish shepherd like them, and one night you're out in the the fields. Uh, They were in the region of Bethlehem, about uh, five miles south of Jerusalem. It was dark and likely cold, and and as they looked out over their, their flocks of sheep in the fields, and see, the sheep were their livelihood so that they needed to stay alert in order to protect their business. So all of a sudden, a terrifying and otherworldly spiritual being broke through the nighttime sky and appeared right there in front of them. 
and shown all around them this fantastic glory of God, the Almighty God. And that's enough to send you into cardiac arrest. I mean, they were absolutely terrified. We all would have been terrified. And that night, God had some news to spread through a paranormal messenger. Fear not, it said. Now, if you think about that, it wanted to just give a little bit of solace and relaxation to these shepherds. They were terrified. And the angel hadn't come, he hadn't appeared there to destroy these guys. He was there to give them some news. And the angel continued, for behold, I bring you good news. Verse 9 says it was an angel of the Lord. It was God's news for the angel to deliver. A colossal historic event had just happened that was absolutely worth knowing about. Verse 11 alerts us to what the news was, a Savior who is Christ, the Lord, was born that very night in the city of David or Bethlehem, which wasn't far from where the shepherds were working. It was significant news. It was relevant news, news coverage you can count on. But it wasn't simply news. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Now, why is it good news of great joy? So much news that you hear today, not good. It does not give you cause to rejoice. It doesn't do anything for you. It's largely irrelevant sometimes, you know. Even so, many people seem to find the evening news more compelling than Luke 2. What's so great about another little kid being born in some ancient town in the Middle East? Well, we need a little backstory to know why God thinks that this news is incredible news of great joy, why it's noteworthy. You'll notice from Luke 2 that the angel, the heavenly host, the shepherds, and everyone who heard the shepherd's testimony all thought that it was good news of great joy. Well, what makes the news so great? Well, you have to evaluate the details of the news in order to understand. Here are five headlines from this news that are worth noting. First, the child was born. For unto you is born. Babies are born. When a mother gives birth to a little child, it's good news, and it's a reason to celebrate. Why? Because life is precious. All life is precious. We have two little boys right now at Jerusalem Church who are developing in their mother's wombs, and when they are born, we absolutely will celebrate. But the child of Luke 2 was unique. It was different. Second headline, the Savior was born. This child was a savior, an agent of salvation, a deliverer, a rescuer. A savior comes on the scene when someone needs to be saved. Have you ever thought about that? Saviors don't usually show up when everything is going really, really well. It's like you're, I was just sitting there in Starbucks, right, just enjoying my uh, chestnut praline latte, when all of a sudden some guy just smashes through the window and yells out, I'm here to help. It's like, nobody needs you, dude. You just made a mess. Saviors come when someone needs saved. Saviors show up when there's a disaster that no one else around can handle. This child was born at the perfect time because there was a big problem. And the child's name tells us what the problem was. An angel told Joseph 
the name, to name the child Jesus for a very specific reason, because the child would save his people from their sins. He would save their, his people from their sins. Now, it's Christmas Eve, folks. It might be a little uncomfortable to talk about sin and guilt. But the apex of Christmas is a Savior coming to rescue people from sin and God's judgment. Now, how can we think about Christmas without thinking about sin and God's judgment? Sin is the moral guilt that Adam passed to humanity. It's any rebellion against God or any deviation from God's divine law. And sacred scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every person is guilty before God. And God says that sin deserves death. So the Savior rushed onto the scene because of the imminent threat of eternal death for humanity. So the problem, the big problem, is that humanity is dying in their sin. Humanity's biggest problem isn't violence, it's not poverty, it's not starvation or pollution, it's not political corruption, it's not disease. Those are all significant problems, but they're really only symptoms of the greatest problem, which is indwelling sin and guilt, along with the just judgment of God, which all sinners deserve. When the hero arrives and takes care of the problem, the people rejoice. They rejoice. That's the joy of Christmas. A savior is only good news of great joy for people who feel the cold fingers of guilt and death tightening around their throat, cutting off life and happiness. Those same people rejoice when the savior rescues them by breaking the grip of sin and death and resuscitating them with the divine breath of life. Third headline, the Christ was born. Christ or Messiah is a title for someone who is anointed or appointed to do a particular something. They anointed priests. They anointed kings in the Old Testament for their office. That little child lying in that manger had been appointed by God to come and save people. You see, drowning people don't save which lifeguard they, they want to save them. God is so infinitely gracious and kind that he appointed Jesus to come and rescue people that were dying in their sin but couldn't do anything about it. The good news of great joy is Jesus. To know that there is an appointed Savior who can actually do something about our sin and our imminent threat of death. Fourth headline, the Lord was born. Lord is the equivalent of Yahweh. The precious little child in the manger was God in the flesh, incarnated. The creator of the universe laying in a manger. The child was the master of the universe, the one who owns all things, the one who sovereignly rules over creation, the one who has the right to give everyone orders. It was good news of great joy because God had come to take control of the situation and do what absolutely no one else could do. Last headline. The Savior who is Christ the Lord was born in the city of David. Well, which, which city is that? 
Luke told us earlier in chapter 2, verse 4, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And some might say, who cares that he was born in some little insignificant town like Bethlehem? Well, this little geographic detail carries incredible weight. If you're into apologetics or into wondering why are Christians so excited about this, I mean, give me some evidence. Give me some proof. Well, right here is something you got to grapple with. Because 700 years before Jesus was born, a prophet named Micah wrote the words of God, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, that's the city of David, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. That child fulfilled the ancient prophecy. He was the one. He was the Christ. He was the Messiah. The the, the Christ that had come to Bethlehem to begin his search and rescue mission. It was good news of great joy. So, why is it good news and great joy for you and me? That happened a long time ago, folks. Have you ever been totally overwhelmed with joy by watching the evening news? Probably not, because it's either bad news or it's irrelevant to your life. The good news, the kind that causes you to celebrate, well, that's news that directly influences you. The good news of great joy in Luke 2, just hear me, is the most relevant news that you could ever hear. It applies to you. It has implications for you. Look closely at what the angel said. It it told the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, these were Jewish shepherds. They were just a little bit outside of, of Jerusalem. And so the implication in the context here means that all people, it refers to Israel, all of Israel. Christ the Savior had come from Israel, and Christ the Savior was sent to Israel. But if you look a little bit later in Luke 2.31, Simeon mentioned all peoples, plural, meaning all nations. And he refers to Jesus as salvation and a light for revelation to the Gentiles. So the good news of great joy is for all nations. It's for all peoples. It's for all of history. It's for you. Would you give some thought to this? Jesus is good news of great joy only for God's people who receive him as good news of great joy. Even though Jesus is eternally relevant for everyone, many people don't care about him. They don't care about the child. They don't care about the cross. They don't care about the resurrection, and they live like it. Matthew 121 says, For he will save his people from their sins. And his people are those who recognize their sin and guilt before God, recognize that they are dead in sin, recognize that they desperately need a Savior, and joyfully receive Christ by faith as their Savior and Lord who rescues them from their sin and the judgment of God and gives them new life. That, my friends, is good news of great joy. John Calvin wrote years ago, the pronoun to you is very emphatic, for it would have given no great delight to hear that the author of salvation was born unless each person believed that for himself he was born. 
The news of Christ the Savior will only be good news of great joy for you when you believe that he was born to rescue you. And when you actually trust that he has rescued you. Christmas time is a time to rejoice because years after Jesus was born, he was nailed to a cross to take upon himself the sins of his people, to be pierced in their place as their substitute and sacrifice, to pay the debt that they could not pay, to bear the wrath of God that they deserved but couldn't assuage so that by trusting in him alone, his people could be rescued and experience eternal joy in him. The baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger came for that purpose. Jesus is the Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is the good news of great joy. He is cause for celebration. Jesus is the gospel. My prayer for you tonight, there are a lot of faces here. I don't know you well. I wish we had time to sit down and chat. But here's my prayer for you tonight. It's 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's my prayer. I just hope that tonight something stirred inside of you that maybe tonight you'll leave here with your greatest joy, and that's knowing Jesus Christ. Rejoice, my friends. Rejoice. Rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy in the Savior who is Christ the Lord because he has come and he will rescue anyone who clings to him by faith. Let's pray. Majestic and holy God, creator of the universe and creator of us. We thank you that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, to become a human being. The fullness of God, the fullness of man, one person, Jesus Christ. And you sent him to live a perfect life of righteousness. And you sent him to go to the cross to bear sin. And you sent him to raise again to new life. And you will send him again to gather up all the elect, to gather up all of his people, and to take them into eternal glory. And so I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit tonight would move in someone to look at the Christ and to rejoice with joy inexpressible and that they would trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that they may have their sins completely forgiven and the wrath of God completely assuaged from them and that they would experience new life and eternal joy and hope and peace and contentment and gladness. God, that is why we gathered tonight to celebrate this Christ child. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.